party people! Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, where the gaming table is always set for two. I am your host as always, Jeff Stormer. This week I am joined by Andy Pizik for a game of Scarlet Heroes, Kevin Crawford's two-player approach to old-school Dungeons & Dragons. I was really excited to bring this game back. It's a game we haven't played in a while. It's a game I love, and I was really excited particularly to explore the setting of the Sunset Isles, which we hadn't quite done in previous games of Scarlet Heroes. I think it turned out really well, and I think you're going to love it. And with all that out of the way, let's throw it over to me in the past so he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I am sitting down with Andy Pizik. Andy, thank you so much for going on Party of One. Oh, it is my pleasure. Um, I am very excited to be here. So this week, we are playing Scarlet Heroes. It is one of my favorite games. It's a game we haven't played in a long time on the show, and I'm really excited to get back to it. So why don't you, at the top of the show, introduce uh, the character that you're playing this week? Okay, so uh, my character's name is Willis. He is a human thief. Um, he is a uh, he's a thieves guild enforcer, so he's sort of the uh, the go to guy, almost like the fixer. If they have problems mm-hmm. uh, within the ranks or with other guilds, um, he's kind of the guy they go to to kind of take care of things. Um, he's a he's kind of a brute. He's a former slave um, that escaped and made a, a life for himself as a criminal, and uh, you know he's just trying to get by in the world. Mm-hmm. So that's, I, we're all trying, just trying to get by. That's I mean I I I feel that that's relatable. <laughs> Um, yeah, okay, so our story is set in the town of Fu. It is rough times in Fu. Famine and plague have struck the town in recent weeks. Uh, crops have been coming back, rotted, livestock are dropping over. Mm. Like I said, it's rough, it's, it's a rough, it's a rough patch of things, and the townsfolk are rather scrambling a little bit. They don't really know right. what to do. You know, they've they've enjoyed a long period of prosperity and then bam, death and ruin all abound. Yeah, that's not great. It's not great for business. Well, and that's actually that was the first question I wanted to ask is how does your Thieves Guild <laughs> earn a living and how has it been impacted by the the happenings in town? So, uh, Fu, I imagine, is a, a fairly decent sized town. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if I mean, if we got guilds and stuff operating. um, So so we're not really we don't really. uh. Uh, one of the things about Willis particularly is that he is a friend of sort of the downtrodden, the the lesser class of uh, society, because as a former slave, he just really empathizes with them and sort of relates to them. And so uh, he and the boss of the Thieves Guild actually uh, were both former slaves. And so they don't target sort of the lesser people like they don't have riches anyway. You know, why would you steal from them? They, right. they ain't got nothing. So so they kind of do uh, smuggling. They, uh, you know, sometimes they, they work with uh, contraband goods and whatnot. Uh, and, and, and if they're actually stealing, they'll they'll try to steal from merchants or, you know, nobles or whoever actually has money that can afford to take the loss. You know, they're not good guys, but they're not horrible people either. Sure. Um, so. Sure, sure, sure. And so I imagine that make that kind of ties really nicely into how it would be impacted in terms of, like, the merchants don't have anything. Like, the farmer's markets are wiped out. Oh, yeah. It's, like, it's not great. And so um, where we uh, – our story opens in a, a smoky basement – at a long, uh, like card table, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's this sort of well-stocked pantry-style basement. We are, we 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 open on the scene of tense negotiation. It is you and the head of your thieves guild, who is a very a very young-looking elven gentleman named Shom. Shom, you uh, Shom is sitting at the table. You're uh, kind of standing behind him. And across the table, there is a very old-looking dwarf covered in tattoos. And he's there's a, a real gnarly-looking mall right on the middle of the table. And as we scope the walls of this smoky basement, there are these boxes and boxes of rationed food, right? Right. Like, so what has happened is in the last few days... Uh, a faction of your thieves guild headed up by Goria. Goria has gone rogue in the last few days. Goria has taken up war profiteering, essentially, hoarding mm. goods, 
you know, strong arming merchants into handing over rations and then selling them at a gouge profit. Mm. Exploiting people, the kind of thing that your organization doesn't stand for. No, no, we do not. So, Shom is sitting there. Shom has been playing the good cop. Right. And kind of looks to, like, and it doesn't seem to be working. He says, look, this isn't how we handle things in Fu. This isn't the way that we've done things in the past. And Goria leans forward and he says, of course not. This is the way that I'm doing things now. So Goria, Goria is the dwarf, just so I'm yeah. clear. Okay, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. And he was formerly a part. Okay, I got it, I got it. Yeah. So he stands, uh, Shom kind of like quietly stands up, pats you on the shoulder and says, I tried my way. Okay. So what do you, what so, do you say? What do you do now? Okay, so Goria has his maul on the table. Yeah. Um, are his hands on the table? Uh, his hands are kind of like folded on his stomach. He's kind of leaning back. He's okay. leaning in the chair like it's tilted back, but he's seems to have expert balance. Right. You know, he's sort of like perfectly kicking off and then tilting forward just as the chair starts to fall back. Okay, and it's just the three of us in this room right now? Uh, there are three other sort of low-ranking scruff thieves. Thieves. Right. Um, kind of just standing around the walls. They seem to have taken in with Goria. Gotcha. Okay, so Willis just kind of steps forward, and he gives Goria this look of, you know, just to sort of, like, read him and sort of, you know... And it's, it's very calm. It's very collected and very analytical. Um, and uh, I'm going to let out a heavy breath. And then I'm going to kick the table straight into him uh, and try to knock him out of okay. his chair. I, I love. Yeah, I love that. OK, so give me a we'll call that a strength or dexterity, whichever is higher. OK, to sort of like catch him off guard. Right. That and would then be... you may add one of your traits if you like. And for skill checks in this, I've played it like once. It's 2d8. Yes, it is 2d8 plus uh, plus a stat bonus plus your trait. Okay, and for so... this, you will want to get... Let me pull up the difficulties. Okay. For this, you'll want to get a... I believe a 13. Okay. So, I have a trait that is literally just Thieves Guild Enforcer. Um, All right. And this is the sort of thing that I do as an enforcer. Do you think... Is that uh, applicable? I absolutely applies. Yes, this is Wonderful. this is your job. Right. This is okay. what you do. So I will roll 2d8 and add 5. 3 for my trait and 2 for my dexterity. Oh boy. Uh, so it is only 10 um, total. Okay. So what happens is... When I said he, he seemed to have beautiful like control, you push the, cha- the table and you topple it. Like it falls backwards. It uh-huh. works beautifully. But what happens is he kicks back on the chair... The maul flips into his hand, and he spins over, lands on his feet, and now he's got the maul over his shoulder. Uh-huh. And he just, oh, like, man. stands up, and he says, cute trick. See, here's the here's how this works. Your time, and he gestures to you and Shom, is over. It is our time now. That is pretty cool. I have to give him that, but... <laughs> <laughs> um. The, the the thieves all kind of nudge each other like I was yeah that was cool that was cool yeah I mean you know I have to respect that but at the same time I have a job to do so I will reach over my back and pull out a slender bamboo cane um, that okay. Willis keeps with him because I don't want to kill these guys yet I don't sure. feel like they've potent they haven't really crossed that line yet they're getting close they are definitely getting close um, but they have not crossed that line yet. And, uh, and so I just look at Goria, I look at his goons, one by one, and I say, uh, we'll see about that. And uh, right. I'm going to lay into these guys. All right. So so that's going to be a d20. Okay. Plus your uh, attack bonus, plus your strength bonus. And you'll want to get, uh, are you attacking Goria or one of the bandits? <laughs> If one of the bandits is closer, I'm just going to try to attack them first. Yeah, if, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think as soon as you draw the bamboo, the what happens is like the thieves kind of like push, push Goria back. Right, they get into the formation. Ringleader and they're sort of, it's yeah. their job to take the hit. Gotcha. 
Okay. So in that case, um, you don't actually even have to roll an attack roll. Okay. Uh, first off, you, my, uh... you can roll your fray dice. Right. Which okay. represents your ability to take out mooks and minor people that right. are beneath you. <laughs> All right. So that's a d6. Yes. And I rolled a five. Okay. I believe that is one or is that one or two? That is one point. So describe to me how you knock out one of these these bandits. Okay. So I. I kick the table, he does his thing, we exchange, uh, all the guys step in front of him, and I sort of crack my neck sideways, both ways, um, and just take one step forward, and one of the mooks, um, he kind of loses his nerve a little bit, and he rushes at me, Mm -hmm. um, you know, just to to get started, and the cane just kind of comes and whaps him upside the side of the head, as, uh, and he just goes flying behind me, and just stumbles down. Yeah, just one swift motion, don't break stride, and just keep moving towards these guys. All right, so now you can make an attack roll to uh, see who else you can take out. Okay. Ooh, uh, 19 uh, plus modifiers, so uh, it ends up being like a 21. Yeah, 21. Okay, yeah. So, okay, roll me your damage. Okay. So. And I'll tell you who, who you take out. You definitely <laughs> take out at least somebody. Right. Uh, two plus two. Okay. So four. Which I think is still one, right? It's yeah. The, the yeah, way yeah, the damage yeah. works, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So take out another one of these bandits. Yep. So, uh, you know, just same thing. Kind of. I I imagine they have like clubs and daggers and and whatnot, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Just mook level weapons. Yeah. So one of them, mm-hmm. you know, I I hit him on the wrist and he drops his weapon and then just come up and hit him under the chin, mm-hmm. um, and he drops like a sack of potatoes. Um, I love that. I love that. Yeah. So. <laughs> So uh, another one of the so the the last remaining one rushes you with a knife and definitely hits you. Okay. Guy rolled a nineteen. Oh, nice. So yeah, so uh, that is a one d believe one d four. So what happens is he rushes you with the knife, and while you're taking out the other two, you don't see him come up behind you, hmm. but he goes for the swing. And you're able to, like, describe how you coolly dodge it. Because I rolled a one and I dealt you no damage. Oh, nice. Um, So I, I imagine I have, like, a cloak on. Mm-hmm. Just like, a, and, you know, the hood down because we were having a meeting. But sort of like, you know, right. your typical thieves hood. And so as he's coming, I, I, I just catch him at the last second. And the, the dagger rips through my cloak, mm-hmm. but it doesn't actually make it to me. It was just like a little bit of displacement there. Like right. just, he didn't judge it quite right. And I actually, Batman, you know, Batman I recognize that, that, that it's me getting lucky, but I kind of twist and play it off. Like I meant to do that the whole time. <laughs> I love that. Okay. <laughs> and then, uh, Goria is going to come at you with a club. Also rolls a 19. Oh, boy. Uh, and this is 1d6 plus 1, if I remember correctly. Ooh. Yes. Nope, just flat, just flat 1d6. He's, yeah. So he runs up, and you dodge the knife, but your eyes are on that thief for just long enough for him to, like, smash you in the stomach. Ugh. And you kind of double over a little bit, and you've got the one hand on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't get into Shom. this business without taking a few hits and getting some scars, so. Yeah. Shom stands perfectly still, like, is standing perfectly still, just kind of, like, watching. Yeah. Hands kind of, like, crooked under his chin a little bit, and is just kind of watching. The yep. faintest smile on his face. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, I, as I'm sort of doubled over, I just give him a quick look and a little bit of a wink. Um, and then, uh, is it my turn? Yes. Yeah, so I want to come up from the ground with sort of an uppercut kind of hit with the cane on uh, okay. whoever's closest. I'll roll and in, in, in see, but, uh, you know, Goria, well, yeah, if, your, if he's still roll. within range, but if he backed up, then I'll just attack for another move. Yeah, roll your attack, and we'll see. We'll, 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 we'll apply it to whomever gotcha. you can hit. Gotcha. Um, so it ends up being 10. Not great. Okay. So that is... So So your, your, your uppercut... Uh, you go for Goria, and he steps back. Okay. Like, he effortlessly pushes back. But you still get a roll of your fray dice to take right. a, to most likely take out this third 
uh, ruffian. All right. Um, four. Great. Yeah. So, yeah. Describe how you knock out the last, the third, the third guy. Okay. Um. So. What's gonna happen is I yeah I do the uppercut and Goria steps back. Um. I want to. Uh. This other guy is a couple steps back. I'm gonna throw the cane. Okay. Uh. And hit him like right in the throat with it. Yeah. Um. And then. Uh, yeah. So I'm I'm gonna do that. Just so, throw it, and then the sword is gonna come out. Uh, okay. As to finally face down Goria now that it's just him and I. So yeah, you 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 smash the dude's throat, and he kind of just collapses down, and he's gasping and wheezing, and Goria <sighs> sees that, and you see him, his eyes widened for half a second, like he's been pretty in control, but you see that like seeing all three of his guys get taken out like that has gotten him a little bit shaken, and you see his hand kind of reach for like a tiny tied up scroll on his belt, like, ever so briefly, Ooh. and then he kind of, like, covers it with his jacket, or his cloak. Right. Oh, interesting. And then he rushes you again, and he rolls an 18, but he rolls a 1 for damage, so describe how you coolly dodge it. Okay, so I'm going to, yeah, at the last second, I'm going to sidestep, and uh, I imagine he's got that big mall club mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, so he's like, smashes through the, the table that's behind me that got kicked over, um, yeah. and I'm going to just kind of step behind him. All right. Like like the Matator. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yep, that's exactly what I was picturing. Yeah, now, cool. Uh, because of that, I believe... Do, do thieves get a sneak attack in this? Yes. They, if, if they catch somebody off guard or unawares or something, yeah, they get like a plus four, I think it is. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say if you, if you hit on this attack, I'm going to give you that plus four. Okay, cool. I'm going to actually... Well, yeah, I'm going to give you your sneak attack on this because he's gone through the table and he's like down. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Okay, so I rolled a 15. Okay. Uh, plus two, plus four, so it's a bit. Yeah, you, you got him. Uh, now roll, <laughs> roll, go ahead and roll that damage and inflict triple damage. Oh, boy. Um. So two plus two is four, so one is three. Yes. I'm good at math. All right, you've described how you take him out. Do you kill him? Do you let him live? Walk me through it. Oh, that is the question, isn't it? I, I kill him. I, All right. you know, I, I got a little impatient. It, here's the thing. Willis is getting a little bit old and he's not as mm-hmm. good as he once was. And so I, you know, these guys, you know, I, I still took him out. My experience beat them out, but it, it, there was a couple moments where it got a little bit closer than I wanted it to. And, uh, with Shom just watching me, I need to make sure that I'm still showing that I can be strong and in control. And honestly, I never liked Goria anyway. So we gave him his chance and he's done. So, you know, he falls into the table and uh, Willis just, you know, quickly, efficiently runs him through um, right. st- straight through the heart. Uh, I think Shom kind of theatrically gasps a little bit, like is clearly putting on a show like, oh, my, I can't. <laughs> oh, you're you, you're a vicious man, Willis. I can't believe you would just kill him like that. And then he kind of spits and that like spits at him a little bit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, he had his chance. That he did. That he did. And he kind of looks around. Shom starts like um, surveying the uh, the area, like counting up the rations and figuring out who is owed what, who's right. going to get what goods as they kind of plant. He plans sort of the distribution of it. What do you do? Um, well, I pull my sword out. I wipe it on uh, Goria's you know, shirt, um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, clean it, put it away. And I just kind of, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I want to check out that scroll that he had on his, uh, yeah, I grabbed that. Uh, you open, you unfurl the scroll and it is, it is a letter. It is a missive Mm -hmm. written in formal, almost noble script. Hmm. You're, and you're looking it over and it is saying that, um, like the the ritual is complete the ritual is complete it should last on its own a manner of weeks it can be reversed at any time if i hmm. so choose it to be which if they if the if they urge me to i will reverse it but as is i'm fine letting the ritual run its course this gives you an opportunity to do your job, and then it gives me an opportunity to do my 
hobby. Let me know. If you need the plague cured, let me know. And it's just signed E.G. So, as Willis kind of looks this over and, you know, scans it quick, he, uh, you know, kind of furrows his brow and he says, hey, hey, show him. You need yes. to see this. And, I, and, I, and I'll, you know, hand him the, the, the letter and let him read it. Shom looks over the letter and initially his brow furrows. And he kind of, like, recoils a little bit. Right. And then an eyebrow raises. And, like, a smile. A smile that you're not used to seeing on Shom. This isn't a smile that you've necessarily seen a lot of on Shom. Huh. Starts to, like, form on his face. And he turns back and he says, so, what do you make of this? Seems our uh, former friend Goria here has fallen in with some sort of... I don't know, some sort of magic user or something. It, but I would say that it, it sounds like all of our problems are being caused by whatever ritual has happened here. And this EG knows how to reverse that. So, but I don't it know. It certainly yeah. does. Yeah. But, 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 but. Here's the other half of that. It also says here that. And you see Shom start to to look around at the rationed goods. Kind of look yeah. down at Goria for a bit. It says that it's going to go away. There's really no reason. I mean, surely, certainly we should get a hold of whomever is responsible so that we can figure out what, what is going on. But yeah. certainly there's no reason not to work with them, right? Well, come on, Shom. I mean... You've seen what this has done to all the people. You've seen what this is, this has done to our our business. We're we're not profiting here, it, unless we want to be like Goria. And I kind of point at his dead body, um, and not quite as a threat, but just sort of you know letting him know where I stand. Like I don't want to take advantage of of something like this. It's 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 beneath us. Show him. this is this is not this is not what we do. Roll me a charisma check. Okay. Add um, your friend of the left, your friend of the lower. Uh huh. Yeah, add your friend of the lower trait to that. Okay. I rolled an eleven. A friend of the lesser is two, and my charisma is one, so that is fourteen. Okay. Yeah. Um. Well done. I hadn't planned this to be a whole thing at the end, and then <laughs> so Shom, Shom pauses for a minute, and he he looks around. He looks at Goria for a long time, and he just says. <sighs> you know, I hate that you're right and that you're a good person. <laughs> it, our jobs would be much easier if you weren't. Well, show him it's like my dad always said, that nothing in life worth doing is easy. I suppose that's true. So find me the person responsible, bring them, and we will figure out, we will convince them to reverse things. However, we need to do that. Oh, yeah. Roll me, uh, make me, describe and make me a check using the stat and abilities of your choice to figure out, to sort of, like, dig into this a little bit. How do you go about investigating this one? Okay. So I am going to go to wherever is a little bit nicer part of town. Okay. Maybe like uh, you know where by the marketplace where the middle class yeah. people kind of live, and and uh, I don't think I can get access into where nobles live, um, but I'm gonna go sure. find a you know a tavern or uh, you know whatever uh, kind of place that people hang out, and I'm just gonna do a little carousing, a little bit of okay. uh, you know sort yeah. of, and I and I have a trait called smooth operator, um, perfect. Which, <laughs> yeah. So um, so I'm gonna do that. You know. Okay. Um, you want to get an, you'll find out the answer no matter what, but if you get at least an 11, you can ask a question, and then every two points after that, I'll let you ask another question. Okay. Okay. I like that. All right. So, and I'm assuming it's charisma, obviously. Yep. Kind of plus your, plus your smooth operator. Plus smooth yeah. operator. Yep. Okay. Okay. So, it is, uh, it is nine. Okay. So, so um, 
so like I said, you still get so you you um you're you're carousing, but the thing is, people kind of know you. Yeah, I have a you're, reputation. Yeah, right. So eyes are kind of on you from the moment you walk into this bar. It's uptown by where the embassy is. Um, right. You're kind of poking around, but people are kind of know that you're poking around. But nonetheless, there is a palpable buzz in the air. Yeah. A lot of these merchants are like, finally, I can't believe that we have lucked out in the way that we have. There is a, uh, the, I can you like, and they're, they're buzzing because it sounds like our troubles are at an end. Hmm. That soothsayer from that wandering soothsayer has finally, finally shown up. I guess, I guess she's finally answered all of our missives. And she's shown up to figure out what this curse is that has befallen Jafu. Right. And, like, they're all buzzing, and you see this, uh, like, a poster. It okay. says, Esther Guo, soothsayer. <laughs> and, uh, like, like I said, big buzz. Everyone's excited about it. Right. But everybody kind of knows that you're poking around now. Right. Is the, the challenging part. Now yeah. the thing the thing is um the latest buzz the latest scoop that you've heard is that Esther has arrived in town and okay. she is being held up in the embassy uh and she's getting the the royal treatment they are they are giving her they have rolled out the red carpet for her because she has said that she is going to undertake the the cleansing ritual in the next couple days to sort of, like, find the evil right. spirits that have taken hold of the town and, like, shed them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I know, you know, I, you know, at least I think, just from what I know, she caused this. She lets everybody sweat for a while. She comes in, cleans it up. Now she's a hero. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's not going to fly. Um, so, okay, so I know she's in the embassy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's in the the, the imperial embassy. This is the where the this is embassy. where the, the the empire holds like nobles from neighboring areas. This is sort of it is it is it, an embassy. Like it is not right. It's like the, the place that it, the does it also deal. function as sort of like the town hall, like or yeah. all, like the main. Yeah, it's just the main source of political kind yeah, of. Yeah, this is where the dignitaries. Live. Gotcha. Yep. Yep. Okay. Okay. So I can't just hmm. All right, well, I will leave this sort of rich quarter, um, go back to whatever hideout I've got, and uh, got to make a plan, because I can't just waltz into the embassy. How uh, How do I go about finding if I have a contact? Um, uh, make, me, uh, make me a skill roll for that. We'll call that charisma plus um, whatever trait you want to add to that. If you want it to be a thieves guild, if you just want it to be a person about town. Right. Um, I'm going to use my friend of the lesser because I feel like um, does the does the empire condone slavery? Um, I, I hmm. <laughs> I'm going to say go. Yeah, I'm going to say go. I'm going to go ahead and say yes. Okay. I think there's some po I think there's some pockets of it. Right. There's like it's maybe it's like I think they like banned slavery, but there's still some pockets of like indentured servitude. Right. Yeah. So slavery by a different name. Okay, so I know one of the servants who works in the embassy. Okay. Yeah, I like um, that. And I and I've made a point of, you know, making him, you know, my friend because just in case something like this comes up, I need to be able to have access to um you know, that part of town. So, so I'm going to get sure. in touch with him. I'm going to, uh, you know, uh, send him like, like a letter using like the thieves can't kind of thing. It's like all kind of cryptic, um, weird. I'm going to have somebody deliver it to him and try to get him to meet me tonight in a different part of town if possible. Okay. So. Yeah. So make me that, make me that roll and we'll see how that goes for you. All right. Woo. So that will be, 11 plus 3. So 14. Because 2 okay. for a friend of the lesser and 1 for charisma, I assume. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. yeah. So um, what I am going to propose is okay. uh, you meet with your friend. They yeah. are um, a, form, a criminal that has been, like, that was basically bought out of prison. Right. Um, they... In exchange, they 
they offer you a trade, like, they offer you a trade, they say, hey, if you, they, they offer to, like, help you get in and lay out and, like, give you the layout and things in exchange for if you leave open, like, the back gate, because then okay. we can, like, get out. Like, I can leave, and then I can leave this right, so he can escape. from whole town. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah, I'm down with that. I escaped as a slave. I will totally help him. You know, it, even though it loses me a contact, mm-hmm. um, you know, I weigh it over for a moment. and uh, But ultimately, I'm like, you know, I wouldn't want to be kept there. You know, I hated when I was a slave. You know, I had to get out. Like, I understand, yes. Uh, and I'll I'll shake his hand, and uh, say, "Don't worry, you you everything will work out for you, my friend." Okay, so what I'm going to offer you then is uh, two advantages, okay. two things, uh, like two things that you can, two pieces of the the embassy. Tell me two advantages, uh, two like environmental things that you uh, that you that you two legs up on the the break in okay. that you've gotten. Okay. So, the way the embassy works is that there is a, a sort of a courtyard, you know, with a wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like a, a huge, like a castle wall. It's probably 10 feet or whatever, like maybe bricks or something. But, uh, so I'm going to say that uh, there is a part. They they have like, you know, iron spikes and whatever on mm-hmm. uh, the top of the wall. And there mm-hmm. is a part that has fallen into disrepair. Okay. Um, and they have not fixed yet. So that'll yep. give me easy access over the wall. And then, hmm, ooh, how does this sound? So he is actually, he normally works in the kitchen, uh, this servant friend of mine. Yeah, and that makes sense. I'm, I'm going to slip him some drugs to put in the food of the guards. That makes sense. So that the guards are uh, like, basically, they, they're knocked out, like sleeping. Maybe he can't get it to all of them, but he can get it to like, you know, just just to a certain place that'll let me get in uh, without having to worry about guards at, at at least one uh, entrance to the main building. If that's cool with you. Yeah. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. OK. All right. Cool. So both of those things happen. Exactly right. Nice. So the guards are not, uh, guards are kind of like sedated at the end of their meal. Yeah. You're over the wall. You get into the kitchen. Your friend, Truck, is waiting for you. Truck is a beautiful name. They, uh, they run, they, the, you, you kind of push open the, the kitchen, the, the back kitchen door. Right. And Truck and the rest of the, the kitchen staff kind of, like, leave. Truck gives you a nod, and they run off, and you're in the kitchen by yourself. Now, here is where you come, you look around, and you realize you've never been into the embassy before. And you, you, you take a brief, you look at it and you think about it from the outside and you realize the embassy is huge. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've never been in a building this big. <laughs> okay, so the first thing I will do is I assume that the bedrooms are probably on, how many stories are we talking? Like two stories, three stories? Uh, two stories. Right, okay. That's kind of what I was picturing, like kind of like a big old like plantation house kind of setup. Yeah, almost. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but more Asian. Um, right. Okay. Um, I assume that rich people don't sleep on the ground floor. It's beneath them. They are closer to heaven. They are closer to the sky. They sleep on the second floor. So I'm going to find a staircase and make my way up there, and uh, hopefully without being detected by anyone. But. Uh, you know, I, I don't think searching the, bo- the the ground floor is going... That's not where they're going to house the guests. They want to kind of show off... That, my reasoning is this, is that they want them on the second floor so they can kind of show off the house as they bring them through the whole place and that almost sense. give them an involuntary tour um, to kind of show off their power and their, their affluence. So, and it uh, gives them a view, right? Like you put yeah. them on the second floor, they have a view, they can see the whole... You can see exactly. the whole town from here. There's yeah. a balcony and everything. Yeah, I'll buy that. Um, so give cool. me a give me a, a a roll as you sort of sneak through the bottom floor to get to okay. that upper floor. I'm going to use smooth operator, I assume perhaps. Although that yeah. is more yeah, that makes sense. Thing, but but okay. No, yeah. I, no, it, cool. it, the, the 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 neat thing about traits <laughs> in Scarlet Heroes is you can really apply them to a number of different stats in different capacities. So I think that works really well in terms of like moving. Right. 
moving like you moving like you belong there and not and they're therefore being good at sneaking in that way. Oh yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? I'll take it. I will take it. I I totally understand. Yeah. Um, so give me that roll. All right. So smooth operator with dexterity and we've got oh, that is the best roll I've made so far, I think. Um I rolled an 8 and a 5, which is 13 plus 5. Or no, plus 4. Absolutely. 17. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, right, that works. Cool. You 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 stroll effortlessly uh, across like you know door you've been you've, you're moving through doorways you're walking along these hallways mm-hmm. uh you're making footsteps but they sound like the footsteps of a like a a butler walking along like yeah they're not out of you've place perfectly perfectly ordered yeah exactly yeah okay cool so you find yourself at the bottom of this like spiral staircase up to the second floor you know big fancy Mm -hmm. you know there's uh, an elaborate glass statue in the center (laughs) you walk your way up and there's this long row of like bedrooms yeah i think they're all like bedrooms and drawing rooms and like cigar rooms along the second floor just decadence everywhere yeah hmm have I seen any other people so far? Everybody's, all the servants are pretty much gone, at least the kitchen servants. The servants are pretty much gone. Um, the guards are pretty much sedated, so it's kind of just you. You've seen some, some, some like suits of armor mm-hmm. that look like there've been, they're just like, there are signs that people should be here. Right. Suits of armor, that type of thing, but like nothing jumps out at you. Okay. Everything's going according to plan. I am going to start checking doors um, and seeing, you know, if they are unlocked, I will kind of try to slowly open them, see what's going on. I am looking for this woman who is a soothsayer. So I'm kind of looking for, um, yeah, that sort of like almost religious, but not like, not in the way of the temples, like that, that sort of shamanistic. I, I don't know what to expect from this person necessarily, but I'm sure. expecting they won't necessarily fit in perfectly with the nobility stuff that I see around me. So sure, sure, um, sure. Yeah. So make me a dexterity roll as you move, as you sort of do this, as you as you check the doors. Can do. Um, fourteen total. Beautiful, perfect. Um, perfect. You, you check them. Most of the doors are unlocked. Right. Okay. Like you're checking them and they're unlocked. It's pretty clear that. With, like, the, uh, which makes sense, right? Because with the famine and stuff, a lot of the politicians are probably not here. If yeah. <laughs> the diplomats from Jiaofu are probably meeting in other places, and the, the diplomats from other places are probably like, I'm not going to Jiaofu. Yeah, they, they don't want to be here. So you that, find that makes exactly one door that is locked. Okay. Like, you, you've checked um, a lot of them, and you, you start to check this last one, like, you start to check one, and it's locked. Okay. What do you do? Well, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go to the room that is next to that one and see if it has a balcony. It does. Uh, It absolutely does. And I'm going to see if I can go, rather than try to bust down the door or unlock the door, because I am not super great at picking locks. I'm serviceable. I work for a thieves guild, but that's not my my specialty. I, I crack skulls. So I'm going to... Um, try to kind of do the hop from one balcony over to the other one if there's one on the the room I'm trying to get into and try to enter that way. Yeah, um, I'll yeah, I'll go with that. Sure. Okay. Cool. Um so make me make me a sort of an athletics roll for that. Yep, can do. Um smooth operator. That is a good trait. It is a good trait. Um so I've got 7 plus uh 4, so 11. Okay, yeah, you, um, it's close. It's real close. You jump, <laughs> it's, so what happens is it's, um, it's, we get a shot of you, like, on the railing, uh-huh. doing the jump, and, like, your foot kind of slips on the other end, and you've kind of, like, gotta catch yourself oh. a little bit, and <laughs> sort of, like, pull yourself up, oh, but man. you make it up, but you're up, and you see okay. into this, uh, the balcony, like, you see into the balcony, and it's just, like, a curtain window type situation. So okay. you kind of peek through the curtain, like you see through the curtain, there is a woman sort of um, 
younger than you would expect someone with like a soothsayer reputation to be like early to mid 20s oh wow yeah and like like you were saying religious garb but like flashy religious garb like so like mm. almost a theater costume of religious garb something so, like, that like an average person would recognize as religious or would be like oh that's a religious that's a they're a very fancy religious person but to somebody with like an eye for this type of thing right it's like uh yeah almost like kabuki stuff um i'm i'm picturing sort of like yeah like like you would see in a movie or on the on the stage that's like that's not what they actually wear that's just right exactly it is it is it is something that like you're able to be like that kind of looks fake a lot of costume jewelry a lot of uh yeah so she she and she's uh kind of she's singing to herself like a happy little tune as she packs up this, uh, like, a packs up her, like, travel bags. And she's kind of, like, just whistling, like, And she's, like, grabbing things and putting them in a bag. And she's packing her bags or unpacking her bags? Packing her bags. She's packing her bags. Huh. Okay. Interesting. So I am going to just sort of step through the curtain and get within a few paces of her and then okay. just just uh say uh good evening <laughs> she like you know does the whole like ah, what oh uh hello are you are you part of the staff i say i say uh no i'm uh i work for goria and her demeanor immediate, immediately changes. Like, she's kind of on guard. And as soon as you say Goria, she, like, drops her shoulders a little bit and sighs. And her, vo- like, the, the octave of her voice drops, like, one octave. And she's like, oh, thank God. Because I thought, like, I was like, oh, my God, they're breaking. Yeah. And I'm going to have to <laughs> electrocute you with magic. And it was going to be a no, 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 whole I'm sorry. thing. I, I, didn't, I didn't mean to startle you. I, uh. Yeah, Goria didn't want me to, you know, just bust in the front door, so I was trying to be a little more discreet. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you, good job. Like, you definitely did it. Thanks. Well um, done. So, <laughs> so I'm, uh, uh, the boss wanted to apologize. He hasn't been in touch over the last day, but uh, he kind of sent me, he'd like to uh, have a meeting with you uh, as soon as possible. Oh, um, great. Uh, well, I mean, great. So, yeah, that should be fine. I've got the, the sort of the, um, I call it the faux ritual tomorrow because I'm going to go. It's, he knows. I've got the faux ritual tomorrow. And then yeah. I should be open all day after that. Like, I could stop by tomorrow night. Um, okay. Uh, I, he seemed kind of urgent, like he really needed to talk to you about something. That's why he sent me, rather than just, you know, some schmuck. Uh, he wanted to make sure that this message gets to you uh, safely, but he didn't tell me exactly what it was about, but it, it seemed pretty urgent. Is there any way we could go tonight? I don't want to inconvenience you, but if you could come with me um, and we could just go meet him, and then uh, I'm sure once he gets whatever cleared up, you know, you'll be you'll be good tomorrow. And, you know, I mean, again, I don't want to inconvenience you, but... Uh, yeah, so I'm just my my goal here is I want to get her to come with me, um, sure. or just, I I wanted to get her to drop her guard, and it seems like that's worked. I want to get her to follow me out of this complex, away from here, so I can knock her out and take her where I need to take her uh, before uh, Shom, and then we can sort of interrogate her and figure out what's going on. That is my my ultimate plan, just so you know. Sure. Um, but, um I think that she. So what happens is I'm going to ask you for a roll. Course, because yes. I think that uh, she starts to like lean forward and she's like, so Goria sent you. Yeah, Goria. He didn't come himself, though. Ugly dwarf? No. Yeah, he... no, he's ugly. He's definitely ugly. Yeah. Got a lot of tattoos. Not the decision I would have made, but she leans forward and she's like, so. Uh... <laughs> yeah, he's always got that mall. Yeah, but, um, I mean, you know Goria. We've always spoken directly. So I'm going to need a roll. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, uh, this sounds like Smooth Operator. 
I'm trying yeah. to keep it cool. Um. Oh God. Um. <laughs> so I rolled two twos. Um, Great. And my smooth operator is two, and my charisma is one. So that is a total of seven. Okay. So she stands up and she says, of course, I completely understand. And she smiles and she says, let's go. But let me grab, let me grab uh, one thing real quick. Yeah, of course. And she walks over to uh, her dresser and she picks up uh, a little baggie of sand. And she's, she kind of turns back and she says... You know, Willis, Goria told me about you. He said you were very good. Uh, yeah, well, I am. And she <laughs> smiles and she says, I, you are like, that's not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> and so, and she says, but I want to see exactly how good. And she throws the baggie of sand Oh no! On the ground, and it starts to swirl and twist, and kind of <laughs> it starts to do like the firework serpent, like how it like pops in the little oh, trail yeah, of ash, yeah. and of then it course. starts spiraling more, of course, and more and more oh. until it is easily like twelve feet long, slithering okay. all along the length of this like fancy bedroom. Oh. Like knocks over chairs what? and things. Why did it have to be snake? And she just kind of leans back, <laughs> sits in a chair, <laughs> and I'm gonna make okay. It, I'm gonna give it an attack on you. That's fair. That's totally fair. <laughs> yeah. So it um, it dives at you, and. It knocks down the, like, you sidestep it, it knocks down the curtain, and it kind of gets tangled up and sort of has to, like, (laughs) punch through the curtain with its head. So now it's kind of, like, wrapped up in shreds of curtain because I did definitely not because I rolled a one. Definitely not. No, you didn't roll a one. one. It's because the snake has a wonderful fashion sense. Yeah. Um, And those are gossamer. Um. Yeah. This is, it's very (laughs) nice. It's very, they're very nice curtains. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Awesome. So it is now your turn. Okay, well, I am going to pull out my, my sword uh, from my back, and I'm going to try to uh, shank this snake. Okay. That's, that seems like the wisest course of action with what yeah. I've been presented with. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I rolled an eight, and my two hit bonus is plus two, so ten? That does not hit. Yeah, I. that's okay. The, um, yeah, I feel like the curtain is very distracting. The snake is kind of moving and it's shimmering now in the light mm-hmm. um, a little bit. And so, yeah, I, I, I try to slash it, but I just get a little bit of that curtain. Right, right, right. It's there's a brief moment where it kind of flashes back to the the the, the thief slashing at your cloak. And you're like, oh, that's how that feels. Yeah. Oh, man, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> So the thief, so the snake, like, the snake, like, slithers out of the curtain, dives at you again, you sidestep it again, and it hits a mirror and shatters, (laughs) and now there's a big, like, now there's commotion, because, like, there's glass shattering, and the curtain has been pulled down. And and I can't step lightly anymore as I'm jumping around, dodging this snake. Right. Um... And Esther is just sitting back and laughing and clapping and having a ball. Oh, good. But uh, because I rolled a two (laughs) and after rolling a one, I'm going to say, again, I think the thing is dazed enough where if you wanted to make a sneak attack, I would allow it. Okay. So, yes, I will roll my attack. Okay. And then we will see how it goes. It will not go great. Um, only an eight. <laughs> okay, great. So what I wanted to do is try to straddle it and kind of stab down on it. Okay. Um, so. So I think, I think that you like, you rush it and you, you, you straddle it, but it kind of bucks you off <laughs> and you sort of roll backwards. Okay. Snake and rodeo. It, um, yeah, now it's a bit of a snake rodeo. <laughs> Which is not one of my traits, unfortunately. See, you didn't plan ahead. Always take snake rodeo. Always take snake rodeo just in case. <laughs> Does a 13 hit your armor class? 
my armor class is five. Oh, I'm sorry. It is um so five. I always Just reverse so you know. it because I don't like descending armor class. So that's a fourteen. So no. Okay. Wonderful. <laughs> so in the, um, if I if I ask going forward, it's a four. You've got a fourteen. Okay. Just because the math of the math of descending armor class. Yeah, I, I am. I yeah. No, it's it's not for me. I'm fine with people not who use it, either. but so but not 14, for me. So no. So it misses you. But this time it's way closer of a hit. Like it, it looms yeah. over you and jump and like bites down, but it gets like a mouthful of floor. Does this snake seem venomous? Oh yeah, big. Okay, so I see its fangs as. Oh, uh, okay. Oh boy. Um. So I'm going to try to do something that works. And how does a fourteen float your boat? Uh, fourteen. 14, 12 plus 2. 14 hits. Oh, thank roll God. Roll your damage. Okay. So, D6. And I rolled a 3 plus 2 is 5, so probably 1 damage. 5 is 1, yeah. You slice yeah, into okay. it, it, um, ash sprays. Like a spray of smoky ash sprays out. Oh. And it, like, it reels back a bit, but it's going to come at you again. And um, I'm sees that Esther sees that and is like, "Oh no, you slashed it!" Yeah, I'm kind of double gripping my sword now with both hands, just kind of trying to get a defensive posture against this snake. It um it lashes at you with its tail and just like wipes off a bunch of like valuable vases <laughs> and things off of the thing. And Esther was like, "I was gonna steal those. Damn it!" <laughs> at so that, make uh, your move. Hearing her say that, Willis actually involuntarily lets out a little bit of a chuckle. Um, <laughs> d- he tries not to, but it's it's pretty good. <laughs> so, my... Okay, I rolled a three. Um, All right. So, not, not much is happening not, for me. Not, not a whole lot. I feel Ooh, like I, okay. I swing, and I also knock over some valuable things. <laughs> She's like, come, come on! <laughs> and, um... It is, you swing and knock over some things. You you get distracted by uh, her, like, scream, like, her saying things. Like, you get distracted her by her voice, and yeah. the fangs go right into your arm. Oh, not great. Okay. And I'm going to need a saving throw. Okay. So, s- saving throws are also 2d8 in Scarlet yes. Heroes? Okay. Okay, so you add your, it's 2d8 plus your level. Okay, so one. Yeah, plus your level, uh, relevant attribute, and relevant trait. So in this case, it'll be constitution plus whatever, and it plus... Um, okay, I'm going to say, well, if this is cool with you, I think I have a trait, a one-point trait of former slave, um, yeah. which makes me a little bit hardier. Like, I've endured some physical, emotional, all sorts of duress, and so Willis is, uh, he's, he's a tough guy from his years of being a slave. Um, so I feel yeah, like he's... I'll buy yeah. that, for sure. Okay, cool. So that'll be a total of plus three. Okay. Um, so 14? 7 um, plus 4 14, plus 3? 14, yeah. 14 successfully... Uh, 14 successfully right. resists. Oh, good. Um, cool. So I... Uh, since it's fantasy anyway... Yeah, so I, I after he bites into my arm and I pull it back, I just suck the poison out and spit it. Um, Great, cool. Yeah. At that point, <laughs> Esther's like, "Oh, um, uh, okay. Uh, make your attack." <laughs> okay. God. Okay, I rolled a two. <laughs> I'm not doing so hot. Um, <laughs> that is fine though. It got it. It does. It hits you again. Um, so take two wound and give me another two saving throws. Difficulty is, I believe, nine. Difficulty is 13. Okay. So 2d8 plus three. Um, I only get an 11. Okay. So here's what happens now. Okay. Defying death. It seems like a good time to defy death. So you're going to roll the number of d4 equal to your level. Okay, so 1d4. Calculating damage normally for Scarlet Heroes, so on a, no points on a 1, 1 point of damage. On the 1 two, point three, of damage. Four. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So d4. 
A three. So one point. Okay, great. So take one damage. Uh, are you still standing? I am. I have two more hit points. Okay, great. So what happens is um, circumstances fall in your favor. So what happens is um, the door kicks open as the snake is about to, to tear your arm off. Oh. And you know one of the, you know those fancy suits of armor you saw as you were like skulking around? Oh, yeah. One of them is standing in the doorway. Oh, does it look like there's a person in there? No. Oh. No, very clearly not. Oh, God. And it's oh, got God's... a big Urgrosh, one of those like axe spears. Uh-huh. And it's just standing there dead silent and it's looking and the serpent is looking at it and for like for a brief moment you kind of sense, sense some like <laughs> intelligence in the serpent because it's like that's weird like it kind of <laughs> rears up and looks at looks at you looks at it looks at esther yeah. and it just and i paused. imagine the armor thinks the same thing when it looks at the snake <laughs> that's weird yeah Pretty much everybody is looking at everyone else in this. We get like a Rocky Horror shot where it's everybody's faces like, huh? <laughs> and it's you and the statue and it's Esther and it's the snake and it's the snake and it's the statue and it's you and it's Esther. And That's amazing. The, uh, the suit of armor rushes and lays into the snake. Hits Woo. it decisively. So now it is two on one. So now it is your move again. Okay. Now um, Esther is like, Esther is now like grabbing bags and getting ready. looks like she's getting ready to like leave. So the snake and the armor are engaged. Yes. Esther is grabbing bags. I am going to sheath my sword. Okay. And jump over the bed or whatever is in my way and try to, as I'm jumping, pull out my cane mm-hmm. and whack Esther with it. Okay. Uh, roll your fray dice, because she's she's only has one hit dice, so you should be oh, able to do this. Oh, nice. Come on. No whammies. A two. Great. You knock her, you, you whack her, and she, you whack her, and she doesn't go unconscious, but you whack her, and she drops, and she's like, okay, nope, that's fine. Ow, <laughs> that hurt. I'm not, I'm not a fighter. This isn't my deal. Yep. I, I imagine I just whack her across the back of, like, her shoulders. I don't want to hit her in the face. I mean, yeah, yeah, I, that, right that would be rude. Just enough to shock her, and she's like, uh, I quit. Okay. I'm like, all right, you're coming with me. Um, and I um, I want to... Uh, I have knives kind of stashed. I'm going to cut off a piece of the sheet and try to just bind okay. her really quick. Um, just um, with sort of she, a makeshift sort of... Uh, you start to go to do that, and she's like, that's really not necessary. And she's like, hands up in front of me. She's like, "I, it's fine. <laughs> okay. I am... Willis is nothing if not a gentleman, so he's like, all right, if you say so, I'll, I'll believe you she's for like, now. Um, <laughs> and, she, yeah, she's taken on the voice. Like, she's retaken on the voice that she had taken on when she thought that you were great. She's like, it's, dude, it's fine. Yeah. Let's just go. Okay. But I so am going will... to need a dexterity roll for you. Okay. Sneak out of this combat. Right. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, Five plus one plus smooth operator plus dex. Um, so that is a total of ten. You're right. You exactly do it. Yeah, that's exactly oh, what you yeah. needed. Because the snake is dealing with the armor. The armor is dealing with the snake. And Esther's just like, let's just go. They'll take care of themselves. The snake will yeah. die in a few minutes anyway. It's Willis will very slowly close the door behind them, um, and uh, <laughs> and just leave the snake in the armor too. Mm-hmm. As much as it would be cool to stay and watch and see how that plays out, yeah, it is time to go. So uh, we cut to that same smoky basement. Now Esther is there, and Shom is there, and you are there. Yep. What do you? Uh, what happens? What happens next? Um. So Willis is sort of picking at the scars on his arm from where the snake bit him, and uh, um. As uh, as we kind of, you know, see what's going on. And he's just like, oh, man, this it still burns. And so he's kind of got a grimace on his face as he says to Esther. Um, he says, so so we're going to we're going to need you to lift the curse that you have placed on this town. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that's that's fine. And no faux ceremonies like really. I'm going to need you to to lift that curse. And she, she kind of leans forward and she says, so. Here's the deal. And she takes out a book as she starts flipping through it. And you can see that there's all these like diagrams and old ritual looking things. 
And she's kind of grumbling, like half mumbling under her voice and like in a defensive tone and half just like (laughs) flipping through and being like, I normally this lasts three days tops. It's a three day operation. I cast the plague. I show up. I do the faux ritual. And then I do the real ritual. Like I, I make every PA. I'm like, oh, there's a curse. It's a whole thing. And then I wipe it. So don't come thinking it was my idea. Okay. All right. Goria, your friend, the guy that you hired, and she points right at Shome. He came to me and said, why don't we make it? Why don't we make it a profitable venture? And look, I'm a businesswoman. Okay. Hmm. So, and then she flips it and then like almost in between breaths, her eyes go white. They roll back in her head. She whispers some things backwards and suddenly like the air that you're breathing smells fresher. Huh. And like the sun, like it's a, like it just feels lighter, you know? And she's like, yeah, it'll, it'll fade in like a day. It doesn't take a lot. It's an easy ritual. (laughs) Uh, Willis is going to look at Shom um, to kind of see if he has any, you know, sort of instruction you know, just wordlessly like, okay, so should I let her go? Should I just kind of give him one of those looks? He sort of two fingers in front of his, two fingers on his nose in front of his mouth. Never come back. But you're free to go. And Willis will go over and open the door for her. And she like grabs her coat. She's still like grumbling, like grumbling, like I had a process. It was fine. I had a good, I had a good <laughs> thing going. And she, like, grabs a tiny thing of the rationed food. She's I'm taking this. This is mine now. <laughs> she walks out. Willis can't help but crack a little smile. Like, <laughs> Sho- despite, Shom- despite everything, it's, it's pretty funny. <laughs> Shom looks over to you and he says, you know, we could have just let it go. Like, it would have gone. She said it would have gone away in, like, a week. <laughs> we- no, I mean, maybe maybe you could have let it go, Shom, but I, I can't. I, you know, it's it's not who I am. It's not why I do this. He he stops for a minute, and he kind of like he he he, he, he his eyes narrow for a half a second, and he goes, "That's why you're the boss." <laughs> and he quietly like. Just puts on his kimono and walks out. And he stops and he says, I I can't be trusted. I can't lead this organization if I can't make that call. I I kind of go over and just clap a hand on his shoulder and just nod and, you know, sort of... uh, and as he's going to go, actually, I pull him in for, for the hug. Mm-hmm. For I think, the, yeah, yeah, I think the two of you we, hug. Like, we, he's like, I, we go back a long ways. We've been through a lot together. Mm-hmm. And I, I say, uh, all right, show him. But, uh, you know, it'll be waiting for you when you come back. I appreciate that, friend. Make it better than it was with me. And he walks out. And the two of you walk out together. Mm-hmm. And that's game. Whew. That was what a good game. Awesome. That was so Scarlet fun. Heroes. I really love. Oh, what Heroes. a good game! I just, I just bought the book. I'm so excited to play it more with my friends. And thank you so much, Jeff, for oh, having me on. This thank was you for on the show. This was awesome. Fantastic. Oh. So, real quick before we wrap up, where can people find you online? Um. So, if you want to follow me, um, I am on Twitter at, at dm underscore starhelm. Um, and that is pretty much my internet presence as of right now. Um, so yeah, if you want to follow me, I, I, I tweet stuff sometimes. It's not good stuff, but it's stuff. Hey, hey, none of us tweet good stuff. Okay. Like that's <laughs> the point of Twitter is to tweet the not good stuff. So yeah, like, no, I'm on board. Just... Yeah. So go ahead. Follow me. <laughs> All right. So thank you so much for coming on the show. This was a blast and I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take it future me. Thanks, Bass Me, and thanks again to Andy for coming on to the show. That game was super fun. I really, dang, did I like that game. 
be sure to follow Andy on Twitter at DMStarhelm. You can also follow this show on Twitter at Party of One Pod, like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash Party of One Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, consider giving us a nice iTunes review, social media shout out, or word of mouth recommendation. All three of those things help the show find new audiences and do bigger, better, and cooler things. If you really enjoyed the show, consider backing us on Patreon. Patreon backers get access to special features and help the show pay for hosting fees, equipment costs, convention appearances, and more. That can be found at patreon.com slash party of one podcast. If you want to hear more from me, consider checking out All My Fantasy Children, the podcast in which Aaron Catano and I take your listener prompts and turn them into beautiful, thriving, vibrant, role-playing game children. That can be found at soundcloud.com slash allmyfantasychildren. Party of One is produced and edited by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Mega Ann featuring the D&D Sluggers. If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates, coming onto the show, or you want to challenge me to a fight in Street Fighter, fair warning, I will beat you with Dan Hibiki and you will have to live with that for the rest of your life. You can reach me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. That's it for me. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. And party on. Never gonna die.